I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. From Postcard from the Past and Wardle Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard podcast. This is the podcast where I never know where the postcards will send me as we interrogate those sometimes beautiful little cardboard oblongs to try to understand the memories, meanings and stories held by picture postcards. I'm Tom Jackson and today I'm delighted to say my guests are Rachel Johnson and Nick Asbury. Nick and Rachel, welcome to Podcast from the Past. Hi Tom. Hello. Now, Nick Asbury is a freelance writer uh, specialising in branding and design. He's a columnist for Creative Review um, and the man behind the Perpetual Disappointments Diary, uh, an appointments diary uh, guaranteed to disappoint. Um, But if you're on Instagram, uh, you may well have seen his real-time notes, poems. Um, This is a project where he writes a topical poem every day and posts it online. Um, And this has led to not one, but two real-time notes books. And Nick comes to the studio today with an SK7 postmark? Um, Not quite. SK... SK3 originally, okay. and I've graduated to SK10 uh, over the course of 45 years. And where's that? Uh, Macclesfield, SK10. Fair enough. It's so you, so you, you grew up near there, but you I grew now... up in Stockport, SK3, graduated to Macclesfield, SK10. I have been to other places in between. But <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, but yeah, a northwest person. That's where, you, that's where you started out, and that's where, you, that's where you'll end up. Mm. So Nick, you're posting your poems and messages every day, yep. but do you still send postcards? No. Next. I, I consider, um, I kind of think of my poems as little postcards to the future, um, some imaginary future reader. They're kind of written, they're all written on the iPhone Notes app, where the kind of length restriction that you can get onto one screen is actually quite similar to what you can get onto the back of a postcard, right. I think. So it, I kind of think it's a similar... So you won't go into a second screen, you, that's your limit, is it? Yeah, I, I, unless there's a very, very um, good reason to... Um, but also out of sheer kind of laziness, I tend to stick to one screen. But I think of it as a kind of formal constraint in a way. And it happens to be about the length of a sonnet. So it kind of just oh, about... Um, this is slightly more uh, impressive oh, than I, I thought. Go, I go highbrow occasionally, yeah. Very good, very good. Well, I'm sure we'll hear some more about your poems. Yeah. So Rachel Johnson is a prolific writer whose opinions and observations are highly valued, given that she has been a columnist for numerous publications since she was as young as 23. Um, but she also famously edited The Lady where she made her mark, attempting to modernise and bring that magazine up to date. Uh, 
Um, and Rachel's also written a series of novels, uh, starting with the brilliantly titled Notting Hell. Um, and Rachel's most recent adventure was standing as an MEP for the South West for what was the Change UK party. And Rachel is, of course, no stranger to the world of politics. Uh, her father, Stanley, was an MEP. Her brother, Joe, is MP for Orpington. And her elder brother, Boris, is currently Prime Minister. Rachel, what postmark do you have on you? I guess it's uh, W11 because I've lived in Notting Hill. Sometimes I actually say Notting Hell because I just <laughs> enlightened in life. You've taken that in. It's part um, of you now. Since I was about 16 and my parents got divorced and my mother ended up in a walk-up on the Labrick Grove where we all crammed into a sort of two, four of children crammed into a two-bedroom flat and it was a very happy time. And then when I got married... I said to my husband, well, I got pregnant and then we got married, and I, we needed to move. I needed a house. And I said that I was prepared to look at three streets in London. <laughs> they, they it's were, good to have an open were, mind, isn't it? Yeah, so he'd take me around Clapham and I would refuse to look out of the window. I was unbelievably spoiled. <laughs> well, and I did end up living It's just good to know what you want, isn't it? Yeah, and I did. I, lived, I now live in... Actually, I'm not going to say exactly where no, I live. No, but that, that but I, did, I live in W11. Very good, very good. Now, Rachel, the important question, when did you last send a postcard? I sent them. I sent one on. I sent one this week. In fact, I sent two this week. Oh, great! Because I did Cheltenham Literary Festival. Oh yes. And the team looked after me so beautifully that I sent them postcards. Brilliant. Saying, Thank you. It's a nice thing to do. You do have to know their address to do that. I had to send an email first <laughs> to ascertain their addresses, which slightly warned them that Perhaps they might be. This is be the getting... modern way. <laughs> but I always think it's. I mean, I I love receiving post and. I, I hoard my post. I've got boxes in in upstairs bedroom where I put significant letters, and I'm really glad I've done that. From rejection letters to love letters to you know letters from publishers or or things that I know have, have held meaning to me in my life. And can you revisit them, or sometimes they, are they still? I, well, I, I, did, I hesitate. Sometimes they're a bit yeah. still too raw. Sometimes. Yeah, or. it's very. It can be very emotional. Um, just opening the box, I, which I did to find the postcards for today. <laughs> I've put you through And that I immediately therapy. found, um, you know, letters from, you know, people you were splitting up with or at the time when then couples wrote to each other. And, you know, the, you waited for them, these letters to arrive. My father's speech on my wedding day I'd kept in this box. And, oh, Wow. Gosh, you know, and that, that box from... must be kind of vibrating with meaning and emotional weight. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we discover the cards that Rachel and Nick have brought with them, um, I'll give you a quick one of mine. This is, of course, a kind of postcard from the past style card, like I do on Twitter, um, at past postcard. So it's an old card from which I've taken just a, a bit of the message. And this card is um, of a... Mounted sentry at Horse Guards Buildings, Whitehall, London. I'm never very good at knowing the names of these different soldiers, but it's the chap with the, the red thing, the red yeah. plume on top of his... Yeah. And he's sitting on a horse, very nice horse. Um, and no, is it to you, this card? No, no, this is... This is, this is a random this is a card. a random card. <laughs> so, so no emotional weight at all. <laughs> uh, and this was, this was sent in 19... Can't see. 80s, early 80s, I think. It was sent to Polgate in Sussex. Uh, the bit of the message that I took that just um, I thought had something about it. Very simple. I knew I should have thumped you when I had the chance. 
<laughs> so there's a whole short story. What, what, you don't, what more do you need? Oh, what, that's good. Uh, another quick one then. Uh, this is uh, an aerial shot of Hampton Court, probably taken from a balloon, I think, um, rather than a helicopter. Yes. 1979, 1979, a long time ago. Nine stamp sent to Yeovil in Somerset. And the bit of the message that intrigued me about this. Um, no more red currant pie, please. <laughs> it just makes you think what the hell has been going on it's so good it's not a haiku it's a different sort of poetry on a postcard isn't it yeah it's yeah, just I don't know what you call it there's not a lot to it though <laughs> well uh, just to let you know at home all images of all the cards we're looking at mine Rachel's Nick's are going to be on the blog postcardfromthepast.co.uk and so you can see that we're not making it up now Nick Rachel you've been kind enough to come onto the studio with some cards of your own let's start with you Nick um What's the first card you've got for us? Well, I was digging through my uh, various boxes in my house and I, I realised the only postcards I have to show for my 45 years are from a very kind of thin slice of my life okay. between the age of about 18 and 21, university age. The age of postcards um, for you. Yeah, when it became actually quite a functional thing to communicate by postcard because we had no mobile phones, um, no, no landline really to call either. So I would get cards from friends. I had a kind of small group of university friends, one of whom was Ian, who sent me this postcard from Cologne. Okay. Quite a neat um, Germanic grid of images of Cologne. Oh, it's a, sort of a very multi-view, um, isn't it? How many yeah. are 12 images or something? And it's got the word greetings in about 12 languages, I think. Those are ambitious, and, hoping, for, hoping it's going to go around the world. Yeah, and Ian has done that thing of um, interacting with the front of the card, so he's oh, yes. circled the word greetings. Oh, in so, case you got distracted by the foreign words. Yeah, just, just to kind of aid my eye towards the, <laughs> the message. Um, but yeah, he's written a poem on the back. I thought it was okay. appropriate to bring a poetic one. With Ian and one or two other friends, I was a member of something called the Inferior Poets Society. <laughs> um, where the idea That's a was, novel title. <laughs> we wrote poems to each other um, that were deliberately designed not to be terrible, but just to be slightly inferior. Oh, oh wow. Um, our biggest influence was kind of Shelley and Wordsworth, whose best poetry is obviously sublime, but occasionally it just tips over into the ridiculous. Wow. And we would kind of deliberately aim for the ridiculous. I think if I read this one, it will give you a kind of flavour of it. Excellent. If you'll indulge me. We like a poem, good or bad. So. <laughs> I'm very happy to be reading this, actually, because it made, made me chuckle when I rediscovered it. It's called Cologne Cathedral. Cologne Cathedral, how medieval you are, as you poke your spires into the stars and cast your majesty around the town. Cologne Cathedral, how your stairs spiral towards their lofty peaks, which imitate birds' beaks in their sharpness. Alas. <laughs> Cologne Cathedral, how evil it is for me oh. to have to leave all your wondrous stony exactitude, plunging me into solitude forever as I sever myself from such aptitude. Oh, well, I hesitate to laugh. I think if I tried to write a, a great poem about <laughs> Cologne Cathedral, I might write something like that. It's actually just right on target for inferior poetry because it's kind That's of where admirably written. And did he become it's, a poet? or He didn't, no. We've actually sadly kind of lost touch slightly and this just doing this podcast is going to inspire me to re-establish yeah, contact. Yeah, you might, you might receive another postcard through the post from him. Maybe I need to send him a postcard. That might be the way to... Yeah, well, maybe to it's not too late for a, a sort of a sequel, a response to that. Yes, yeah. I, I guess I could write 
maybe get a trip to Cologne out of it, possibly. Yeah, but yeah, he was good. a good friend at university, and he was. Um, we were kind of poets together and Bob Dylan fans together. I won't go into this one in detail, but he he made a pilgrimage to Hibbing in Minnesota and sent me another card from there. Fantastic. Bob Bob's birthplace. Yes. And he talks on the back of the card about walking into a bar and a guy looking up and immediately saying, I guess you're here to find Bob Dylan. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So they must have a regular trade of bobcats yeah, going over I there. I think probably the only tourists who turn up in Hibbing. I mean, I don't want to talk down Hibbing, but I'm sure it's a lovely place, but I'm sure there are a lot of um, people in kind of tight suits and big hair kind of turning up. On a Dylan now, pilgrimage. You've kept these cars. Why? Where? Where have they been? Or have you, have, have you, did, did you know you had them, or did you discover them? Yeah, these. I knew these were in my house somewhere. They were in a box file titled uh, IPS for Inferior Poets Society, because okay. most of them relate to... We would write poems to each other on postcards and beer mats and scraps of paper. Um, so that's... Most of my postcard collection is related to the poetry in some way. And there's, um, so, there, right, so there's, there's a whole little archive of these poems. There is, yeah. Good Lord. Day I might. There's more, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I might unleash it on the world. But I'm still kind of writing inferior poetry today, just <laughs> under a different brand. OK, yeah. very good. Well, thank you for sharing those. Now, Rachel, what's the first pair of cards you've got for us? I think they're both family-related? I thought I'd start with um, the friend ones. OK. Because... I mean, it was hard picking them because sometimes I didn't know who the sender was. I mean, I found this one from a man called Tom and then actually you had to help me ascertain who he was. But this is... um, I'll describe the outside first. No, hold on. It's a digger. Oh, nice. A moody digger, um, famous picture, um, which is in the Gulbenkian which I think is in Portugal, isn't it? There is one in Lisbon, I think. Anyway, this is the Degas painting of L'Homme et le Pontin. What's a Pontin? I think it's a doll of some sort. Look, you can see the painter and then there's a sort of the woman. It's slightly odd, isn't it? It is odd. It's a brilliant picture. And this was sent to me um, by my boyfriend of the time, who I went out with when I was at Oxford. And... um, as I saw the, where where he sent it to me, I realised why and what was going on in our relationship, and it was extremely unhappy at the oh, time. No. And I was on a family holiday in a state of considerable distress, which I'm not going to go into. But I was in Corsica en famille, and he was in Portugal, and he'd slightly sort of abandoned me oh. to deal with something on my own. And... He was clearly feeling very guilty because he sent me a birthday postcard all the way to Corsica, where I was on, you know, staying in some villa holiday. But um, what he says is, here is as promised, the first in a long line of literary correspondent and bears with it birthday greetings for the 3rd of September. I was going to buy a wonderful Portuguese ceramic dish to to commemorate the occasion. Though for fear of creating a fricassee, refrained. Oh, <laughs> it's quite odd. a fricassee. Does he mean like a fracas or a? I don't, I don't understand. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good a way fricassee. of putting it. Um, we had been travelling around Spain and Portugal together um, with my older brother, who we might come to, um, and we had to write a report on animal abuse in the Iberian Peninsula. So he goes on to talk a bit about that. Um, 
then he says, I must say, we went to some bullfighting. Um, we saw bullfights in Portugal and Spain to sort of document what we thought were animal abuses and how the animals were being treated. And my boyfriend goes on to say, I must say, I quite enjoyed those impish Portuguese being battered into the ground. Oh, I in the bullfights, you think? By the bulls. Oh, this okay. may never reach you. Oh. Yet, as they say, to travel is better than to arrive with love, Sebastian. Oh. And I was, meanwhile, sort of sobbing quietly into my, you know, pillow. I like the idea that he says it may never reach you, but not only did it reach you, you've still it. got it. I've kept That's it. That's amazing. Well, he was important. You know, we went out for four years. Then I've got another another friend from university, and I, I can't really date that. That must be... 1984, okay. that first card. Yes. And this one, I, I just don't know. And what I also note about the postcards is they don't have um, postcodes on ah. them. So this one is just a W8, which is actually wrong because oh. I'm W11, but it arrived. But it's still got there. So oh. the Royal Mail did its duty, sent from Italy. And this is from my lovely friend Nell Butler, who I'm still friends with, although she's a Brexiter. Um <laughs> She sent me a sort of holiday postcard. You know, we used to go on, on holiday and send postcards. Yeah, of course. And sometimes your friend, Ian, ringed greetings, but you used to say, our house or oh, my room, yes, and yes. you'd I ring it that. in Byron. I love it, yeah. So she sent me a card, which I've kept for some reason, called Holiday Likes and Holiday Dislikes. And Holiday Likes is Kaz's haircut. I think that must have been her boyfriend at the time. Other people's houses, ice cream and pizza, Nell's Bottom. Oh. I think this has been written by her oh, and her boyfriend. Out. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes. So her boyfriend has written Nell's bottom. Nell laughing at my unfeasibly witty jokes. Kaz has written football. Anyway, so then <laughs> Nell's dislikes, I won't go into all of them. Her dislikes are my bottom and um, checks, checkers. Kaz's rare and rich odours. Kaz in rare moments of violent ill humour. Hope all goes swimmingly in FT'sville now, because I think I was working on the FT at the time. Ah, and were they students? They it's, it's very student been, no, isn't it? it was quite student but I think if I was at the FT, then I started there older. when I was 22, 23. No, 23. Oh, OK. So she would have been about 22 and sort of leaving Oxford. There's a, there's a thing about those cards where people are having fun writing them, yeah. that the fun doesn't always quite translate to the reader. <laughs> no, <I laughs> but think, do you know what I mean? I think they enjoyed this more than I did. They're having great time, and, yeah. but you're not there. You know, you're, you're, By definition, you're somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, very good, very good. So these, these are snapshots of your sort of early life. Um, a couple of a quick card from me now. Another one. This is this is a uh, something slightly different. It's a, a graphic card, a big sort of childish writing. I love you is the image, but it, it, it intrigued me because this is not a holiday postcard. It's quite the opposite. This is um, well, it'll become apparent what it is. It says, um, "Dear, take that. Is this original enough for you?" You're the most disgusting group on the pop scene. <laughs> You're ugly, you can't sing, mm. and especially you, Mark. Wow. Uh, You're the shortest bloke on earth. And you, Robbie, you were ugly enough before you had a skinhead. As for you, Howard, there isn't any such word to describe you. Pause. Only joking. I love you really. Hope you're not offended by my message. Lots of love. Amy, surname, age 12. And what it is, it's sent to a TV programme to win a competition to see Take That. 
And I think they must have said, the, 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 the group must have been in the studio. And I think they said, write something interesting. Write something that will catch our attention on the postcard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was her heavy kind of irony for it. Mm. But um, I came across a bundle of these the other day, all, all sent to a Take That competition from a TV show called Parallel Nine, which I think might have been a Saturday morning type kids show. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't ring any bells. No, I don't remember seeing it. But they're all from these girls around 12, 13, all saying they want to go and see Take That. And uh, they're quite touching yeah. and a bit sad, some of them. And I think, actually, to be honest, I suspect it'd be the older girls who'd win the competition because the chaperoning would have been easier. Um, but anyway, there it you are. It was reading like a kind of early example of trolling or something. Yes, it? I yeah. thought that too. Yes, no, it's not yeah. a horrible one. I mean, there are plenty yeah. of examples of horrible cards through the years, but I think she was just trying to be funny, and she's only 12. So, uh, oh, good for her. She's probably got a career in satire now. Or something. Yeah, and I think the, the moment this was, if, if in, in, in the kind of archaeology of Take That, is they'd all just got their new look. So... The, some of them had got longer hair with those dreadlocks. Robbie Williams had had his hair cut very short. So they were all sort of super grown up now. They were no longer um, the clean-cut boys from early Take That. And uh, various girls refer to it and they talk about, uh, oh, we love the new look. And Anyway, a card to Take That, which I'm sure they never saw. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. My guests today are Rachel Johnson and Nick Asbury. So, Nick, what's the second lump you've got for us? I've got something that's very much not a holiday postcard. It's, okay. um, it's a picture of... Uh, my hometown of Stockport, my original hometown anyway. Um, it's looking up the A6, the broad stretch of the A6 on a sunny day. It's an unlikely with, picture um, for a postcard, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not quite sure how they've how much thought they've put into the composition. But you've got Stockport Library in the foreground <laughs> and then Thank Stockport Town So Hall. that's the library there, isn't it? This is the library. Okay, it looks like a bank, doesn't it? Yeah, well, this is partly the reason I brought it was because the library, I should explain, it was a card sent to be by my mum and dad uh, when I was at university. As I say, that was a way of communicating, just wishing me luck in my exams. Um, but I guess they 
wanted to remind me of the the hours spent in Stockport Library, um, both as a young kid and as a as a kind of young adult as well. And to ask as a taste um, of home as well, if you're away. Mm, yeah, I, I imagine it probably did get a, elicit a kind of twinge of nostalgia when <laughs> I received it. Um, I still feel nostalgic for Stockport, actually. But the the A6 Road has a kind of resonance for me as well because I feel like. I can slightly plot the uh, geography of my life along the A6. Uh, I was born in Stockport, went to school in Manchester, a bit further up. Uh, I then went uh, down to London eventually. The A6 used to go all the way to London. It's kind of ghosted out now around Luton. Um, and then I went and met my wife down there. We went up to the to uh, the Lake District to get married, which is up at the uh, dramatic end of the A6. Um, but I really like the way A-roads have this... Um, folk history about them a bit like postcards actually i think they they have yeah. this kind of everyday mundane uh dimension to them but also this quite kind of magical mystical thing as well and i you both seem me. to have this this fascination for clearly delineated areas of your life you don't you, you don't want to move away from notting hill you want to move away from the a6 yeah <laughs> you've given yeah, yourself a few more options by making a road <laughs> rather than an area but yeah well i think roads maybe it's in the nature of roads they they're built to connect meaningful places, aren't they? And maybe it's no coincidence that you end up plotting your life along them, I don't know. But I, I did a little book in tribute to the A6. It's an A6 notebook, A6 Dimensions, oh, okay. but a tribute to the road. It's part of a set, which I'm still working on. Uh, there's gonna be Yeah, there's going to be an A5-sized notebook about the A5 and, <laughs> um, and so on. Uh, but this is... It's like a functional notebook, but along the bottom of each page, there's a, it kind of marks a destination along the way, tells you a bit about it. That's brilliant. So, Presumably you can sell them in the service stations all the way up the... Yeah, I really need to go on a kind of um, sales dash up and down the road. But, um, but yeah, it kind of, it's... It's a little It fascinates me the way they used to be the kind of the future, in a way, the A-roads. Uh, and then they were kind of superseded by the motorways, and then, you know, they've kind of fallen away into this slightly nowhere place um but yeah when i look at that postcard it's i wonder if that's where the idea got planted in a way the fact that i grew up so near to the a6 oh, really? i sometimes get postcards when i go through the boxes of of old cards and i'll find references to people taking trips on on a motorway when they're very new you know we took the mm. we, we went on the new motorway it was only open last tuesday or something yeah and it was really obviously worth their it's worth noting that in the message home yeah. it meant something. Well, this this notebook actually has a foreword by a guy called Joe Moran, who um, is a great writer about roads. He wrote a, wrote a book called On Roads. Um, but it's about the, among other things, the history of the motorway system. But he talks brilliantly about how uh, it was a proper day out to go to the motorway. You know, yes. you would go and just... Uh, there were no rules, you know. <laughs> you were just uh, people would originally people were driving in the wrong direction, and people really? were tootling along at twenty miles an hour, not realizing that it wasn't meant to be just a kind of leisurely day out. Um, but yeah, they were fascinating places for people. I think these things change. I was, I was looking at a card this morning that I was think, considering bringing with me. I didn't bring it with me, and it was um, a pic, it was a really ugly card um, from the early seventies, I think, of uh, Heathrow Airport, London Airport. Mm. And it, it talked about people, they, these people had obviously been for the day to go and sit at the airport to look at the planes. They weren't plane spotters, they weren't experts, and they weren't going anywhere. They just wanted to go and see the planes taking off. I thought that was a strange thing to spend your time mm. doing, but mm. we don't do that anymore. I don't think anyone does that. Well, they still have observation decks in some airports where you see people mainly smoking. Yeah. OK. But, Tom, you collect postcards. Surely that's <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> equally... Uh, 
eccentric. Does not compute. Does not compute. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Well, thank thank you for sharing the uh, the, the the gateway to the A6 with uh, Nick. Uh, Rachel, <laughs> you got a, you got a couple more cards for us, Rachel. I've got two cards um, from family members. Uh, I'm trying to work out. This is a postcard from Alexander Boris de Faffel Johnson sent to me from Vilnius when I think he was I I think he went to learn Russian for a term or I can't I don't know why he was at Vilnius anyway I was at Bryanston at the time so he must have been at Eton um I had no idea why he was in Russia maybe it was a holiday or some working holiday and it's so the on the front it's got a Soviet era hero um, in a commanding position on a sort of concrete plinth. Still, we're still quite statue. Soviet in those days, anyway. Well, aren't we, of I think. course it was. Yes, I mean this would have been, I guess, in the seventies. Oh wow! Okay then. Or maybe early eighties. Eighty-one, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, let's say that. So the card is pretty short. I can't find um, a date mark on it, a date stamp on, although the um, there is Cyrillic, obviously postmarks oh, and yes. exciting stamps of um, Russian sort of bobsleigh athletes and a sort of CCCP stamp, red stamp, which I wish you could all see because it's beautiful. So I'm now in Riga, the capital of Latvia, and I'm suffering from Riga mortis. <laughs> Quite good. Induced by boredom. Everything is fine. From Russia with love, Al. And the next one is from my stepfather, Nick, who is much beloved. And um, my mother married Nick uh, after, you know, in the 80s. But he was part of our lives before that. And he was a professor at NYU. And my mother moved to his um, apartment on Washington Square in the village in New York. Good place to be. And so Nick's postcard to me is of the famous arch in Washington Square. And I don't, I think it's a photograph, but it's kind of one of those, um, what's the word? Slightly, not opaque, you know, um, you know, one of those filters. Oh, yes. Anyway, I can't, so really, I can't think bit, of, it, it looks quite arty, faded. And it shows um, a scene in Washington Square, not full of tourists and jugglers. Anyway, the date is September the 9th, 1980. And he writes... Dear Rachel, thanks for your nice letter, which shows that I was, we were in correspondence by mail. Yes, good one. I was delighted, underlined, to have all of you over. We would go over and spend the summers with my mother and we'd drive up into Maine in his Nick's Beetle, three of us in the back, my mother in the front, Nick driving, and Joe, my little brother, sitting on my mother's lap in the Beetle <laughs> all the way from New York to Maine. Um if only for a brief visit, and I'm glad you had a good time. Congratulations, slightly late, on your 15th birthday. I will bring you a tape as a present. Oh, <laughs> a cassette tape. Remember, oh, it was exciting. Well, I was yeah. really excited to read that when you come over. Meanwhile, have a good year at school. Love, Nick. Oh, very nice. Sadly, Nick died, um, <laughs> which was very sad, um, in 1996. Oh, right. Too, too young. He was about 68. And just very sad because he left my mother a widow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a wonderful stepfather. We must celebrate our step-parents. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you for sharing those family cards, Rachel. Um, 
And thank you both. Thank you, Nick, as well. Thank you both of you for sharing your cards with us. Another quick reminder, people at home, um, images of all the cards um, that sent us hurtling towards these memories and stories are on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, including one last one from me in the past postcard style. Um, This is actually another picture of Hampton Court. It's it's, uh, a dreamy picture, really. Um, It's the pleached laburnum alley. So if you if you pleach your laburnum properly, you'll get an alley like that. Um, and the message from it that appealed to me, um, just a tiny bit, really, it just says, um, I've watched so much TV, <laughs> I've got indigestion. <laughs> and I just don't quite get the... I mean, does that, is that what happens when you watch... Anyway. Um, before we let uh, Nick and Rachel back out into the world, um, I've got one more card for you both to have a look at. I don't know if you've seen something like this before. It's become customary for us to end with something like this. Is this a musical thing? It's a it is. Card. Yeah, yeah. Does it play? Was it one of those ones when you opened it? Oh, did you have to play it like that on well, a turntable? We should describe it for the listener at home. What, 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 what so are we we're having? looking at many happy returns with someone who looks like Mickey Mouse. Mouse. I don't know if it's a knockoff Mickey Mouse or a yeah. proper one, but... He's standing on. Actually, the... for the sake of copyright, I'm convinced it's not proper Mickey Mouse. No, it, it it doesn't look like it. He's standing on a cloud. There is a rocket bursting through the cloud. Um, it's quite a surreal scene, actually. There's something else in the background, which may be another rocket. I'm not sure. Well, as, as Rachel's pointed out, it, it has grooves. It, it, it has grooves. It is a record. So it presumably plays Happy Birthday. Well, it says greetings in music on the back. Are we allowed to tell people yeah, that? And if, it's if... called a. Phonoscope. Phonoscope. Patent applied for. <laughs> Never <Okay>. granted. <laughs> Actually, I know, it says under here, cool for cats. Cool for cats. So well, maybe let's let's ask play. young Tom next door if he could perhaps put it on the turntable no. and see what we can do. Yeah, Tom, absolutely. here he comes. Exciting. Oh. Come on down to the place, to the place where they meet. It's not bad. Yeah. 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 Well, I always say the same thing. Not bad for a piece of cardboard. Hmm. It's not what I'd expect to hear from that Mickey Mouse, but... Yeah, I'm not quite satisfied by the fact that it's cool for cats matched up with a mouse. With a mouse. And it's not happy birthday. (laughs) Well, as the strange model, not quite Mickey Mouse, rotates at 45 RPM... That's it for this time on Podcasts from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, Rachel Johnson and Nick Asbury. Thank you both. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me, at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book, Postcard from the Past, by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.